0: Okay, um, and we're live. I was looking for the the thing. Hello and welcome to another episode of Loose Cannon. This week we are pausing that, muting that. I, I was actually watching a stream the other day, so I, I had a little bit of sound overlap there. Probably for just a half second. <sighs> so this week we are talking about the Shattered Suns lore book, which is um, a fun one when you know how to read it. And we'll we'll get into that. Uh, so have you have you done the raid?
1: No, no, yeah. no so I, I haven't done it yet. No, I've been watching it a lot, and mm-hmm. I, I definitely have seen what what to expect. I probably won't tackle it for a while.
0: Oh yeah, you just uh, do you just not have like uh people on when you're on or?
1: Well, my, like I said, you know, my wife and I play mostly together, so it's gonna mm-hmm. take. Us grinding a little bit more before we're even close to getting in there, I think really? uh, yeah, I don't I mean, we haven't finished some of the main stuff, so we're still like under leveled and and grinding out, oh wow, see this is the problem with casuals mm-hmm. um you know it's it takes a lot longer to get to the point where you can actually be raid where uh ready mm-hmm. you know like it, we're not even exotic. Uh, quest mission ready. <laughs> the, oh, uh, what uh,
0: Vox Vox Obscura? Yes, that yeah. thing is brutal though. That's that's yeah. not even like a comparable because of the timer on it. The timer just makes it so hard. Mm. And actually, I think that's a higher. I'm almost positive you need to be
1: higher for the Vox Obscura quest. Oh, do you? Okay, I don't know I, if I remember. All I know is that every time we go into any uh, encounter, we're always like you know, five or 10 under, mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. just, everything's really hard. But once we come out of the in- encounter, we're we're definitely leveled up to go on to the next thing, but it takes a while. <laughs> I mean, this one is long. This, this season, yeah. I mean, there's a lot. I can understand why it took people three, four, five days, you know, the hardcores out there to actually be ready or done with everything. Mm-hmm. 'Cause you get through the main campaign and the in the story missions, um, but then there's tons of stuff to do still. I mean, just and and then on top of that you've got the the psyops, we do those, so mm-hmm. it's like you know, I'm trying to digest the lore and trying to do a little bit of everything. Plus we're, we're just, you know, wanted to experience what Gambit was like, wanted to try the new Crucible, wanted it, you know, so it's just like, ah there's a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I get
1: you. So if you're an omni gamer or a casual, you know, you've got to go through a lot before you can even get into the next thing. Mhm.
0: Well, I I hope you get into the raid soon cuz it is it is probably my favorite raid. <laughs> like the, it looks like that there way. there are aspects that like it, it could be better if things, but like it's just so fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, no, I I mean I've digested all the lore I've watched, you know, several times people run through the raid completely. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It's, I, I definitely have a good grasp yeah. of what it is and how to, and how to complete it. I've watched a couple YouTube videos, stuff like that, but um, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny this time around. Uh, not everyone has like the cookie cutter set up and, and run through experience. Everybody, even though this one from what I can tell, this one would be more of like a straightforward raid. Once you know the mechanics, which mm-hmm. seem to be a little bit more basic than past raids, especially like King's Fall, which is a little well, it can so, be a little bit silly.
0: Like it, 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 it is. That's what a lot of people were saying. Like when it first came out, they were like, "Wow, this is like really mechanic heavy." And and it kind of is mechanic heavy, but it's like one of those. Um, I don't know if I want to say difficult to learn, easy to master. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's probably but, right. Oh, no, like once once you right. know it,
0: you got it. It's it's you're good. Yeah. You're set. And yeah. you know,
1: but it's like, like it, your first time like, in
0: there, it's like a lot of like, okay, so now we're gonna do this, and then we're gonna do this, and then we're gonna do this, and you're like, well, what yeah, the fuck is
1: happening? Absolutely. There you go. That's a perfect example. So yeah. So what I've 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 t- but what, what what my point was is that mm. every time I've watched people play, everybody has a different way of playing it. It seems. <laughs> it's not like king's Fall. everybody did the same exact thing Mm -hmm. took the same weapons in and you know this is where you stand this is where you stand no everybody has like a different play style because of the weapon diversity and because of the Mm -hmm. different subclasses you can use and now there are so many viable uh solutions to the end game
0: we're only gonna get more. I, I'm I'm so excited to go back into this raid like next season and the season after when we get Arc 3.0 and Solar,
1: Solar 3.0. Yeah. Because
0: like, what's that gonna change? Like, what's that gonna do to this raid?
1: <sighs> Break it. I mean, hopefully, <laughs> right?
0: That's the goal. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: All right. Well. Uh, so speaking of the raid, uh, the lore card this week is actually the raid exotic. Do you want to uh, get into that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. The raid exotic um, is collective obligation. It's mm-hmm. a really cool gun, um, just from what I can tell. I don't have it, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but I've a bunch of my my
0: clanmates got it. They did um uh, the the they did it under contest mode, and I think four of them got it on the first on their first completion.
1: Wow! Wow! Well, that's pretty lucky, I guess. Yeah, that is
0: very <laughs> lucky.
1: <laughs> I haven't come across anybody using it, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, it it it's like a really interesting perk, but I'm not sure if it's a really powerful perk.
1: Yeah, it makes me wonder if there's something planned for it later, and mm. maybe it's kind of like, you know, curbed at the moment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. It, it's I mean, just like... I use the heck out of um, the osteo.
0: Yeah. Well that one's that one's amazing though. Like uh collective ob- obligation for those who don't know its perk is it, basically what it does is like if you, if you shoot it against a target who is like volatile or weakened or um suppressed you you can make the gun now shoot that uh whatever debuff. So like you shoot it against a volatile now it's got volatile rounds, which is nice. But it isn't. It isn't exactly worth exotic, in my opinion. Where it's yeah. like, yeah, I'm giving up Gallarhorn or Osteo for this. No,
1: yeah, it's kind of like one of those. It's cool. It does the thing. Yeah, but you're not going to trade it out for something that helps you get through the game. It, it's like um, it makes the game fun for certain situations, but it doesn't make it easier. <laughs> mm-hmm. It doesn't give you an easier yeah. or, or a, yeah.
0: Anyway, a hand like up. Astio is practically like overpowered in some scenarios.
1: Yeah, that thing's fun, especially in the Wellspring. Oh, mm-hmm. I love playing with it in there. And uh, have you gotten like the catalyst? I don't mean to detract
0: from Collective Obligation, but have you gotten the catalyst?
1: Not yet. No, I'm still leveling.
0: The catalyst makes it so that little burst of poison that you get when you get a kill, if that burst of poison or a poison tick from it kills it. Overflows your magazine So you can end up getting like a 100 Magazine osteo and just mow down For like forever Because it just keeps replenishing itself
1: (laughs) Yeah Yeah, That's funny I wondered if uh, That mean that's why They spaced out some of the Mechanics in there because I don't know if you've noticed But there's like little bitty clips And pauses in certain uh, encounters Where only like three thrall Will come out I wonder yeah. if they knew that.
0: Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's that's an interesting point. They do, they, they, they're spaced out, and it's like, this is a group of three, this is a group of three, this is a group of yeah. three, and they're not near each other at all.
1: <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> Collective obligation is... So what this means is it's a group of agents or a group as a whole obliged to achieve a given task. And so, like... Um, this is where general definitions become like, where is this applicable? Well, if you take it, if you take it in uh, the perspective of, of the lore and Rolk and the witness and the darkness and all of the entities um, that kind of entails what they're trying to say is is, uh, that's the collective obligation. So here's the definition. It, if, It's a group of agents or a group as a whole obliged to achieve a given task. Um, And so this comes into play in in ethics. uh, But the problem lies in the moral conundrum of whether to hold responsible the obligations directed to single agents of the group or the collective whole. So a collective obligation is an obligation directed at a group of agents so that the group as a whole is obliged to achieve a given task. If the group does not have a hierarchical structure, nor do they have an institutionalized representative agent, then it is argued that each individual must be analyzed individually. So this comes into play with, like, say, for instance, you're at an office, and you have a team of 10 people tasked with a specific uh, job or, you know, like, a, um, you know, an obligation that all of you guys must commit to and fulfill. Well, now, so let's say a non decides to, you know, half-ass it, and he's only going to do like ten percent of the work, right? That sounds like me. And then, yeah, and then the group is now um, held accountable for their 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 failures to meet that obligation, right? as as a non-responsible for that is the leader of the group responsible or is the whole group as a whole responsible and so this is kind of one of those things where technically you can't just apply um the failure to one specific entity or can you you know this is where like responsibility and accountability come into place in a lot of things in life just everywhere and so um Not fulfilling an obligation is a necessary condition for being individually blameworthy. If an individual agent is individually blameworthy, then that person failed to fulfill an obligation. Similarly, not fulfilling a collective obligation is a necessary condition for being collectively blameworthy. If a group is collectively blameworthy, then it failed to fulfill a collective obligation, right? So... In studies, they use diatonic models or formulas that analyze large groups to decipher whether or not to hold accountable individuals or the group as a collective whole. So in a nutshell, it can be really tricky to um, you know weed out or find specific authorities within groups to hold accountable and who when to use the whole group as, as a whole accountable. Things like that. And so they actually use formulas in business, in uh, huge corporations, um, even in government, uh, even in war. They use these uh, formulas to find a way to mathematically solve issues that may or may not arise when trying to give out certain tasks. Now, these diatonic models can be used to specify truth conditions and as a way of expressing group actions, abilities, obligations, and their interrelations, an individual obligation is an obligation that an individual should fulfill regardless of the collective obligations of the group. So this is what I was saying earlier, the conundrum of when to hold people accountable. And so there's like these charts that come up where if somebody is going against the group, are they still a part of the group or are they now somehow segregated from that group's, uh, responsibility as a whole or the collective. Right. Mm-hmm. So they, they even have charts of like, when it comes down to morals, um, you know, there's, you have your environment, your recognized moral issue, or it could be a, a moral judgment an established moral intent. Uh, or, you know, it can just be, um, Something comes up that is a conflict personally for that individual of that group, right? And so you've got to make a decision: when and when when can you break away from the collective, or when do you act in uh, opposition to the collective? And so that's kind of like what's happening with Rolk and the Witness and the Darkness. The Darkness is a collective. Right, and so there are entities that have aligned with the darkness, and so there are trying. There's there's like this inside, um, like not really morality when it comes to the darkness, but there's this inter internal conflict that is arising, and so we as guardians, we're a part of a different collective, and so this is when you get into these. What side or you know of the problem are you going to be on, um, and and what's the solution, right? So individuals may be forced to e- either be aligned to the said group or act on their own moral code. However, there is a point at which decision a decision must be made whether or not to associate collectively as a whole or separate and thereby break free from any responsibility followed by the collective, and instead. You're held accountable as an individual. Mm -hmm. So this is where this is where it all kind of culminates. Um, Taking that whole definition aside, the most prominent thing that that comes out of this is uh, a thing called collective punishment. And we all know what this is because we all went to school or most of us did. And we were all in the classroom when Johnny got up and spit a spit wad at the teacher, or threw a piece of paper at the back of someone's head. And now the whole class is in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Well, only one get one only one kid did it, right? <clears throat> but now the whole class is in trouble, and so we all got to be quiet. And you know, everybody's being punished for the one action, right? Yeah. So this happens a lot. So. A collective punishment is often used as a disciplinary measure in military units, prisons, psychiatric facilities, private schools, religion, war, etc. But the effectiveness and severity of this disciplinary measure may vary greatly, and it often breeds distrust and isolation among their members. And so I thought it was important to bring that up because there's something which we're going to dive into later, but... Sabathun and Rolk had a mm-hmm. little moment and uh and there was a period of uh, of uh, like collective punishment basically and uh and it bred isolation
0: <laughs> I wonder if <clears throat> and stop me if this is what you you were going to say I wonder if because um with the events of this season this expansion and everything, it kinda seems like the witness is like, all right, you know what? Fuck you guys. Like he he's yes. he's one eighty'd from his season of arrivals. Oh, you're interesting. Let me let me get you on my side uh, mentality. And now he's like, I fucking hate the Guardians. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder if because it's really only us that he hates, if like you're saying, um collective punishment is like fuck you fuck all of you. Because of this one guy <laughs> in particular.
1: Well, so and and I don't want to spoil anything, but I'm just gonna to have to say it. So, spoiler alert: um, when Rolk dies and his eyes are shown at the end, and you see the the six different eyes, and there's two different symbols. Mm-hmm. And as somebody pointed out, one of them was the symbol of Eris, and the other point, uh, the other one that was pointed out was the symbol of the Exos.
0: By um uh, which for time? anyone wondering, I, I wish I wish I knew you were gonna bring that up, I would have gotten the image. Yeah,
1: I didn't know um, I would I until just now, but yeah.
0: Uh the symbol of Eris, he means um the uh celestial body Eris. Yeah. Not not like um
1: the like Eris, Eris, but it could could or could not be um a hint.
0: Yeah, I mean it it obviously it's obviously something. The question yeah. is... Um, what? Yeah, the question is what. So it should be on screen now. Um, you can see here the top right eye is Eris. And then this one. And I mean, really, the only person who has any right to identify that symbol as uh, Elsie's symbol is you. Because you have been on that symbol ever since... <laughs> um, God, I don't even know how long.
1: Iron Iron lords. Yeah. You, you... Because I was like, why does Shiro have this emblem? And why does...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, that's, okay. so that emblem has to do with the exos. It's widely used to signify anybody who is an exo, for the most part. Um, or, you know, that kind of stuff. So, like, some people might... Some people quickly were like, oh, that's the symbol of Elsie Bray. Well... Yeah, or that's the symbol of Anna Bray. Oh well, yeah, or Clovis Bray, or yeah, well, it's yeah. Exos. And, I mean, it and, could be anybody affiliated with the creation or as an entity an EXO. So it could be anything. Um, I and yeah,
0: I think I think if I had to place a bet on on what this was, I would say that that symbol in particular would be Clovis because Clovis had like direct. If anything, Clovis but, was the one who had potential of becoming a disciple, right like
1: yeah, yeah, so there you go, so there's the thing that you know this kind of points to is uh, what does that mean specifically well it it could mean that certain entities have aligned with the darkness, and it's kind of like a kill it's like it's like almost like a a kill strike or what do you call it a kill notch, you know when mm-hmm. you have one down, two down, you know, wh- what are the next five going to be? Or what mm-hmm. are the next four going to be? You know, it's like, as he's going through, where are the thorn in his side. Yeah. <laughs> the witness. And so the witness was like, well, I got these. I got this one. I got this one. But I can't get you guys. Fuck you guys. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it, seems, it seems weird, though. Like, I agree it means something. I just I I think it's very hard to to say with any certainty what it could mean, sure. because this is Rolk in the first place. It's not like it's something on the pyramid. This is Rolk's person. Rolk. His eyes are glowing. Uh, four of them are glowing a, a nonsense symbol, I guess, and two of yeah. them are glowing one symbol which has never been associated, but can potentially stand for Eris. And one symbol, which is definitively Clovis Bray.
1: Yeah.
0: But Rolk had no interactions with Clovis because Rolk has always... And, I mean, we're not going to cover it today, but for um, Rolk's more recent times, he has always been with Savathun.
1: Yeah. And so this is where... So this is why I brought this up because um collective obligation when you read through it it's it's kind of boring and it can be really heady right so when you're listening to me drone on about all the different collective obligation what does that mean you know it it kind of like you know it makes a lot of people glaze over and the back of their mind is like what well this is where it culminates so these are all the entities that are related to the darkness and rolk as an entity, or uh, Rolk, as the raid boss, mm-hmm. uh, he was a part of that, you know, that infighting. But he was also a part of that, you know, that that hammer or that judgment that came down on us in the raid. Um. And uh, <laughs> horse kicks us all over the freaking map, I guess. Um, yeah. There's some weird stuff going in
0: there, man. Rolk not being just another static raid boss was probably one of my favorite things. Yeah. Because it was just like everyone spread out. And and with my raid team, we had one guy who was basically always trying to keep his attention. And he kept... I was just standing where I was standing. And he kept leading him to me. Or the boss kept turning to me. And everyone's like, why are you getting in his way? And I'm like, it's not my fault. Like... (laughs) It's not like he only goes to one place and I'm in that place. I'm in a different place. He just turns to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing yeah, everything funny. I It's funny.
1: So there's so many little things that throughout the campaign, which were all little hints to what was going to end up being in the raid. Mm-hmm. You know, like the statues. and Yeah. And, Rock's yeah. legs, and then, we saw. Yeah. And even the mechanics, like certain mechanics you use as you're leveling up through the missions become mechanics in the raid, you know. Stuff like that. It's really cool cool how they set this up. You know, the whole time you're like, what are these statues of just legs? What are these statues of just horses? What is this repeating thing that we're seeing throughout? And then all of a sudden you get into the raid and you're like, oh, there it is. Yeah.
0: All right. So I have uh, two more images that I'm going to put up. Um, First one I'm going to put up is a, um, I guess, a set piece. You could call it in the raid. I, I forget exactly where this is, um, but this also vaguely, um, not vaguely, this is also basically what the lore book cover is, specifically the um, the color wheel on the top and then yeah. the uh, symbol on the right with what looks like a glaive going through it. Um, but so I just, I kind of wanted to break this down because I I was looking at it the other day and I noticed some things like you have this color wheel at the top, clearly representing the light because the symbol in the raid of light is one with like an explosion of color. And so in the center, that should be the planet, uh, which shares its name with the city Lubre and you have driven between it. You have, um, like the Abyss, which is a feature of Lubre, as we'll cover in the book. And then on the bottom, you have your pyramid. And then to the left and to the right, you have its two suns. Because Lubre yeah. is a planet with two suns. One which was is. called uh, Sephiric and one which was called Umbral. And you can you can even see them shining down onto the planet. Like one is shown in darkness and one is shown in light. Well, all this was before the traveler even arrived. The traveler came to this planet and just, you know, fucked everything up for them. <laughs>
1: uh and we so we called this... that terraforming here in in soul system. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so we'll we'll get into it, but it it sounds yeah. like the traveler did more harm than good for the society itself because not everybody was buying into what the traveler was selling. Yeah. Um And then so the second image I wanted to show, or I guess the third image now, um, the second one I wanted to show, though, was if you do not have this lore book, um, you get five entries. I'm not sure if you get more for doing it again, but in the preservation mission, at the very end, there are five little pedestals that you can go around to and you can get five entries. Um, The way to get the other entries is very simple. But a little confusing So this image is going to be on screen now And um, I just want to have it in front of me So there's a little bit of a delay um, So before you go to that like Big open area You have that room with all the symbols On the pillars And there's a secret room off to the right You enter the room off to the right There's a secret room Where you'll find a wall that looks very much like this But is ultimately a little different So You work from yeah, top to it bottom it has all
1: the it has all the symbols, which are the callouts.
0: Yeah. And so you work yeah. from top to bottom. Um, each section on the top is guardian. That just means you. So you can effectively ignore that top row. Um, the second row tells you what to do. So that little blood drop looking symbol that's called enter, uh, that means Pants. to melee. Uh, the the third one, the pyramid with the green coming out, that's commune. That means activate. And the fourth one, uh, the the circle with the spear going through it, that means kill. And that means to shoot it with your gun. So basically, what you what you do to get more entries of this lore book is you melee the earth symbol, melee the enter symbol, activate the witch queen symbol, kill the tower symbol, and then go back to the earth and do that one one more time, which is melee the earth symbol. Hmm. Uh, It won't be those for you. This is just what it is for this image that I grabbed. Uh, Yours will be different. Just do what it says. And now, so normally you can only do that once a week in preservation, but the preservation mission up to that room is exactly the same as the raid including the fact that you can respawn as much as you like so go in the raid it'll be a little tough because it's going to have more enemies it'll take you a little longer to get to this room but then you can go to this room input the symbols wipe and do it again instead of having to replay the entire preservation mission yeah or waiting week for week and it's even faster if you have two people because then you have people to share it with. You know, It's just like, okay, yeah, go do this, go do this, go do this. Right and on. you can get on with it. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, you have the lore books.
0: Yeah, so you, that's how you get the lore book and that's what we're talking about today. So, we were originally going to try to talk about everything but I actually have 27 pages of role lore and that's way too much for a single episode. And the lore book... Uh, stands pretty well alone um, There is one issue with the lore book though It can be confusing if you don't know how to read it So when you're reading the lore book If you plan to actually like read it all yourself Because we don't go through everything here You'll find um, basically three syntaxes of Of how the line is presented One where it is just a regular sentence Capital, you know, nothing fancy on it Uh, Another where it's in between parentheses and the third one, when it's between the M dashes, um, when it is just normal, that is Rolk talking to himself, to the witness talking, however, um, in the present when it's in parentheses, that is observations and potentially conversations in the past being seen as a vision Given to Rolk by the witness, and when it's in the M dashes, that is the witness speaking, usually always to Rolk. I don't think there's actually an instance where it's not where the witness isn't talking to to Rolk, but just understand in M dashes is the witness speaking. So sorry, that was a lot. But I feel it's important to know how how to read this book. It'll
1: save you a lot of time, yeah, yeah, if you're reading it. Cause I when I first read it, I was like, what the fuck? Same. I was just like I have no idea what the hell they're talking about. I don't know what the heck is going on. Mm-hmm. I mean I finally understood, but I still didn't have a key grasp as to what was going on when they were talking. So this will save you a lot of time if you're if you're reading it for the first time to know Like what's going on You know it's kind of like one of those things where You wish they would have like put a little key Somewhere in the (laughs) north
0: (laughs) And and those uh, Past visions that you get They're not in order either It's not like he goes all the way back to the beginning And he's remembering forward They kind of jump around Uh, Like for example It starts out with him saying what have I done And then past vision Noise 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 and then he says, "Fear how mothers did sadness; it fathers come hate to children. This sorrow forgive displeasure me." And then the vision of chaos, Lubra convulses; the sky shatters. And so, like that's the end of what's actually happening. But then he goes back to the beginning of what's happening, like his his whole his whole journey. And even later on, he goes back even further itself what's happening like from even further to the beginning before the beginning you know it's yeah it it is a lot um to handle it is a little confusing, so now that we're here uh let's let's let's
1: talk about it, right, yeah, i dive into it, so what happened
0: so as I said. <laughs> The lore book is all about uh Rolk being given visions. He's he Lubre has been destroyed. Uh by him. You don't know how it's been destroyed yet, but you you can basically understand that Rolk is speaking with the witness and the witness is um, giving him visions of his past. And um So, you know, the first one, it's like he, he says um, our city an abyss surrounds Lubrain made infinite or just empty divide silently conquers uh, ignorant contentment. Love. I was cared for my clan safety, dual fire in the sky, blue light, salvation, dark light, death, safety, my clan, my family. And then the witness speaking. Uh, and who cares for you now? There are none left. Do you still desire it? Once I did once and you returned it. And so, it's very hard to read like out loud. So I'm just going to try to like kind of summarize everything that's happening. Basically Rolk lived with his clan. There were there, the Lubre was divided into two factions, the wanderers and the regime who lived in the city. Um, the regime would send out groups of, um, not guards, stalkers who would come out and just basically kill wanderers. Like with no, yeah. uh, discretion. It's like, if you're not part of the regime, you deserve to die. And that's the end of that. And, yeah. um, so Rolk lived in a clan with his mother, his father, his clan mother, clan father, uh, sister, and his father, um, kind of stops him. Uh, he, my anger flares, I move to confront the stalkers Father's hand holds me back We lock eyes, his communicates Sympathy, pain, regret He won't let me reach the wanderers Their blood spills A lesson in an action Father wants me to see what he's seen To feel the powerlessness he's felt To feel insignificant To accept the status quo And the witness says You were never capable of returning it Um. So basically, like right off the bat Uh, Rolk has a lot of, um, like, anger in him. And his father kind of holds him back. Yeah. From defending his own people. Yeah. Uh, And so, as we said earlier, they had their two sons. That was always a thing. But at one point, the Traveler did come. And um, that was kind of when things went wrong by the sounds of it. I mean, Rolk wasn't alive when the traveler came, but so he, he in his vision, uh, long ago, there were, there were only wanderers surviving a harsh landscape covered with shifting bloodthirsty flora. Surviving wildlife can flatten themselves until they are practically invisible. Perfect at going unnoticed until they split your skin and organs apart. We are divided, split by a shimmering orb ...that appeared briefly in our sky, as, it, as if having two suns isn't already crowded enough. And uh, the witness is saying, what of this shimmering orb? And Rolk replies, it was before my time, it came, we evolved, it left. Left us with a mess. Those who believed in good progress, those who didn't. Those who believed in the city, dwelled in the city, controlled it, filled it with only light of the sapphiric sun, and endless days to keep the horrors of night away revealing the horrors among us. They pushed progress for the sake of the few, while the rest of us took our chances under the alternating suns. Um. So this is kind of like a unique uh, issue. <laughs> Normally when we think of the Traveler, we think of all the good it does, but this one did not
1: And right. that way. Yeah. He made a mess when he got to their area, where they were kind of living in this yin and yang environment, which is yeah. just... Back and, and everyone was,
0: it wasn't just like
1: yeah. some people were, yeah. The whole thing was, uh, so, so Ralt, <laughs> so Ralt being born under daddy who holds him back, and then feeling this, you know, this um sense of, well, my protectors can't act because mm-hmm. they're held bound, like they're bound by whatever it is, and. It's you know a lot of it has to do with fear and evolution and not being able to arise to the occasion of when to you know sacrifice oneself to to the to the change that is necessary and I'm trying to be real careful not to use good or bad because that has nothing to do with it. This is mm-hmm. like survival,
0: yeah and and it's not even in the next entry in um endangered, you actually kind of get to see. That when Rolk finally does say, this is enough, I'm defending my people. Like, I'm not, it's not like he's, he, he wants to kill anyone. It's that they're killing literally his family. And he's just like, I just want to stop them from killing my family. Yeah. And so he does. And, uh. Basically, he, he starts killing them, uh, I am covered in red, it's all I see, it spills out of these stalkers like an endless crim, crimson wave as I face them, their valuables and instruments, instruments become mine, a glaive of my own, a sapphic converter. Father is carried off, not killed, not yet anyway, not many of us are left, mother and the others look at me with concern, not for my injuries, but for those who suffered at my hands." And then, of course, the witness is like they disrespected your power like oh i gotta I gotta get in there i gotta yeah. I gotta curate uh what I want from you,
1: yeah,
0: uh, and you know roke replies they were- they were weak, and the witness says, and yet you still saved them when you could, which it's like, yeah, you weren't wrong, you were right to yeah. save them, you know, and that's You're that's how it starts,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, the
0: stalkers attack us. Sorry, go
1: ahead. No, I was just saying the witness is always like in the back of his mind, like look how benevolent you are. Look look how you mercy you you're merciful and look how you just save those that need the saving. And it's you're it's good. Yes, yes, good. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs>
0: but see and that's how it that's what I mean though. That's how it starts. He's saying they disrespected your power and, and then yeah. when Rock says that they were weak. He, the witness says, uh, and yet you saved them when you could, and that's what it says now. But later on, it's like, oh, their weakness made you weak. Like you can't allow their weakness to exist. You know, it. His right. tune shifts a bit when Rolk goes a little further down. Um, yeah, and so um, he wants Rolk wants to protect his people, but they uh, they they're kind of scared of him now and th- I think it's a little bit justified later on <laughs> because yeah <laughs> uh, he sees another vision I'm a boy I hold the furry little yacht in my hand it wriggles before pulling it apart it separates from its skin with ease what it's this worthless pointless thing and uh, this worthless, pointless thing—it dies so er- unceremoniously. Did it ever matter at all? The children who weep for their lost pet—the uh, children weep for their lost pet—but I feel powerful. I feel. And uh, <laughs> mother and killer. the others look at me with concern, not for my injuries, but for those who suffered at my hands. They are right to do so. Tearing their bodies to pieces brought only joy. What am I? And A serial the, killer. Well so so Rolk says, I am a monster, I knew it then, I know it now, and the witness is like, You're not a monster, you're a savior. <laughs> like really gotta gotta get in his head, really fuck with him. Yeah.
1: Double down on that.
0: Yeah. And so, um Rolk was effectively exiled because of yeah. because of that. He was he was seen as a liability. Yeah. And um I I don't think that's
1: unfair. <laughs> To be completely honest. But you know, that, 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 what, what does that do? That only compounded the issue.
0: I mean, it did. You're absolutely right. It, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, we kind of saw it, um, last week with Saladin's, uh, cutscene from the Psyops. Yeah. He saves that little girl and yeah. kills the bad guys and then he goes back to the city and the or the village and the village is destroyed and it turns out that little girl was a bad guy all along.
1: <laughs> you know that's perfect. Like like that's like a little uh yeah, that's perfect. I I never I didn't even think about the parallelism with those two. Like they they're really good about making uh parallel stories in game that kind of like tell you tell you a summary or synopsis what's happening on on the bigger picture story art it's kind of mm-hmm. like what they did it's kind of like what they did when achilles weaves of um cocoon a cocoon but it was a parallel story of feeling you know worthless what is my purpose mm-hmm. and then now i can you know weave cocoons i can weave cloth i can weave egg cloth and then also you had a parallel story with um what's her name the uh oh my god ada one, yeah, feeling worthless. What is Mm -hmm. my duty now that, you know, I no longer am a forge or forge for weapons and stuff? What do I do? Well, now I can make this cloth and spin and weave this stuff. So, Bungie loves to do parallel stories in-game. So, this, very much, just like you pointed out, is similar to that whole, oh, I saved you, but you became the monster. And, you know, when... when, (laughs) When and where, it's that whole responsible trolley problem, all of the things that come up in in, in different instances. But, um, like, so Rex, Rolk was exiled, right? Yeah,
0: Rolk was exiled, and so... Because he was, he was of, a
1: monster. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily make it better. Like, no. you can't just imprison people when they're bad. They need to be... Rehabilitated or brought back to whatever's wrong with them needs to be addressed and helped, and that's what's that's that's the pitfall, right? Yeah,
0: because I mean, they they already live in a harsh environment. They basically said like, "Uh, you're you're a liability, so go live out there on your own." In the back of their minds, they're they're probably hoping that he'll just die alone, but he doesn't. So
1: Yeah, problems don't go away. They're always there, and they yeah. will always come back. You can't just say, oh, let's just put it aside or forget about it, because eventually it's always going to get to in the end. And Rolk was that problem, mm-hmm. that thing. There was something wrong with him that needed help, and well, ultimately the monster came back.
0: And I mean... All of this, you know, all of this happened with seemingly at the very least without the witness's influence. It wasn't until the very end that the witness actually came in. It was like he was he was very not there, not present, maybe observing from afar, uh, seeing what Rolk could do before deciding to step in. Uh, But, you know, uh, yeah. So Rolk was exiled. And so they every umbral sun basically the sun that shone darkness which so fucking people might remember a while ago how many like that was like months ago wasn't it which the part? Uh, darkness through the prism that you brought up
1: oh yeah that that was forever ago it was yeah. like 2 years ago it was a not year two years ago. ago yeah it feels like
0: it well actually you know i know how to uh uh uh
1: yeah, we had this discussion about light through a prism and then you and I were discussing about, well, is there an is there an opposite to that? And 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 yes, there is. In science there is a dark prism. There is a there is the reverse of a prism which scatters light. And so you have the different colors that come out of the prism. That's what we were analyzing like what is representative of the light as far as energies and you know, that stuff, and then what would be representative of the dark. That was before we got Stasis.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah, that was a while ago.
0: Uh Yeah, it was two years ago. Um yeah. Well, no, it was like a year and a half ago. But, yeah, it, it was before Beyond Light. Uh, because, uh, then the winner said, now you may speak of the deep, the beautiful final color. You will be the king of the colors yeah. and you will learn all yeah. the secrets of your destiny. Oh, wait, no, that's just something I was memeing. Um, I forgot why, what made us fucking think of that.
1: It was, uh, we were talking about, I think we were talking about a weapon, um, that had to do with like prisms and light, but then we were trying to like analyze what is going to be. Well, we were trying to understand what was going to end up being the dark darkness subclasses mm-hmm. as as if we were like relating them to what is the opposite of the light subclasses cuz you had you had the three different colors of the spectrums of light three basic colors of the spectrums of light when cast through a prism so white all colors together is the white light you see and then cast through a prism a triangle a prism You get a scattering, right? And so you get the three colors that are basically present on your TV screen when you're watching TV. Those are the light colors that make up all the colors. I'm trying to not make this crazy, but it's too late. Loose cannon. Here we go. So (laughs) arc is blue, solar is orangey-red, and purple is magenta, right? Those are the three colors cast through the light spectrum. So we were trying to figure out, well... Is there, is there an opposite of Can you cast dark through a light prism? Yes. In science, there very much is. And so that's where we analyzed that. And we were trying to come up with, well, what would be the opposite? And so you just get the scatterings are completely different. And where they bleed to make true dark, you get different colors. You get the green. You get some weird other color. I, I can't remember right now. But um, yeah that's when we were talking about like the Hivey Hiveness and we were
0: talking about, uh, we must've been talking about someone named, uh, Goeth. Goeth.
1: Yes. Goeth. That's the, yeah, that's the, uh, the well-respected, uh, you know, fundamental guy that wrote the thing about it basically, yeah,
0: because I, I have this here. Uh, unlike his contemporaries, Goth didn't see darkness as an absence of light, but rather as polar to and interacting with light. Color resulted yeah. from this interaction of light and shadow. For Goth, light is the simplest, most undivided, most homogeneous being that we know, confronting it is the darkness which is so <laughs> crazily like <laughs> identical to the 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 destiny
1: pitch yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right yeah that's what, that's that's definitely where we were going with that yeah um so I, I i i i try so hard not to go too heady with this stuff but but um basically you know, philosophers and scientists of of yore, you know, the old uh, guys back back when, would often try to come up with um, rationalizations and proofs of reality as to why things exist and why things are the way they are. And so Goethe was on to something. Um, he was very much trying to explain, you know, the fundamentals of light and mm-hmm. the origin of uh, those things. And so his postulation was that to go against light is like darkness, basically. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) All I remember is that, and it's, it's so funny that we, that we have this is that I found a gif of dark shown through a prism. And I tweeted about it after talking about it, like Uh uh, we have light shown through a prism and then also dark shown through a prism. And then with this raid we have, and I'll put it back up. We have this this color wheel and then this dark color wheel and you know it's yeah. I saw the, I saw the the images for the raid and I just immediately like retweeted that tweet from two years ago and I was like yeah look we were right all along like we had no idea that this was going to be a thing but it's just so fun to like kind of scratch the surface on on what Bungie's mind is, you know, it's like they have much more than we are understanding in mind, but we are, we're just kind of like right there. Like, are you, are you, are you here?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, goth, goth, um, goth, the cool thing about goth and why we were onto something is because when you think about like light, um, as a whole, when you, so this all relates to the theory of colors. I'm not going to get into because they'll kill everybody trying to listen to this podcast. Um, but in a nutshell, you have your, your standard RGBs, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> your red, green, blue. And then you have your, um, oh, what is it? The cyan, magenta, uh, yellow. And yellow. Yeah. And so those those are, uh, if I can remember correctly from art, those are your subtractive and additive Ways of mixing colors, right? Mm -hmm. And so, what you see when you're painting a painting, you're seeing the color that is visible, Uh, the rest are absorbed by the environment. So, this is where it kind of gets heady. So, you're not seeing all the colors that make up the material that you're using, you're only seeing the one that is reflected back to your eye that your brain can make sense of. Okay. And so, just like a prism. Uh, when you take focused light and spread it through a prism, it comes out and and flays into the different colors. All right, mm-hmm. but if you assimilate if you assimilate them back together, their nexus points—those three colors on both sides of either light or dark—those nexus points will make true white or true dark, true light or true black. That's the the point of it. So where they blend, you also get. What could be representative of the, the three subclasses? And now we have a fourth, you know. So it's, it's just interesting to think of color and light theory as being a part of the whole, uh, you know, light versus dark. Because a prism, triangular shape, darkness, right? They come in pyramid shapes. light. The, the representative of the light would be the traveler, a round shape, which is often depicted as like your center light, your focus light. Your anyway. color wheel. Your color wheel, yeah, exactly. And so, color wheel is a whole nother thing because you have opposites. You have, uh, you have your primary colors and then your secondary colors, and those are really the only two that you should really concern yourself with. And everywhere, your primary colors have an opposite. So, like purple's opposite would be yellow. All right, blue's opposite would be um, green, orange. Uh, orange, and then yeah, exactly. And then your opposite of red would be green. So where they blend, you get hues. Hues of color. Yeah. Just interesting. Yeah. So uh, they get all these they get all these uh, inspirations from real world stuff.
0: So then um to go back to the book, uh Rolk <laughs> was basically cast out of his clan because he was yeah. a liability, he was too dangerous to have And he's got this glaive now that he got from the regime. And uh, he's decided to name it Relic's Ward. Uh, Relic is being uh, his father's name. And he plans on avenging, if not saving, his father. Not holding back. Not being afraid to uh, kill the regime, you know? And that doesn't last long. Because uh, as he's walking out under... uh, and umbral son uh he finds his father hanging out with some stalkers of the regime and uh and now as you stand before me draped in the insignias of the very regime that took you i am confident that you have no answers as you call your fellow stalkers to overwhelm me to bind me to carry me into the dense unending city of Lubre, i am confident that you are a coward As you testify at my trial that I should not be put to death for what the regime claims are immeasurable crimes, but should instead serve alongside the stalkers, alongside you, killing wanderers, annihilating clans, I am confident that you are an opportunist. What about mother, our clan? What about down with the regime? What about biding our time, or is this another lesson in inaction, and sparing ourselves from the absolute worst so that we can barely live, barely survive? I am confident father. You will die by my hand.
1: Yeah. And so he's he's going against the, the, his inaction or his impotence to act is uh, going against what, you know, Rolk is feeling like
0: Rolk is very anti-regime and he thought his father was anti-regime despite having like inaction, a sense of inaction. And, oh, look at that. His father got kidnapped by the regime and decided to join up and start killing the people he used to be.
1: And so, sadly, his father, um, you know, probably from his perspective, is doing what he thinks he can do to protect his family. You know, because he has a responsibility as, 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 as the family hierarchy that is in charge of keeping them safe and alive and surviving. And so he's doing what's immediately... Or what he is, what he thinks is best in his mind. But yeah. Rolk sees it as weakness and ultimately doom.
0: Because, I mean,
1: Which with Relic... He's not completely wrong.
0: <laughs> with Relic being a stalker, that does mean that he has to kill other wanderers. But as yeah. we see with when he encounters his own son, instead of killing his son, he's like, all right, let's bring him into the city, put him on trial, and he's safe. He's with me. I protected my yeah. son. Yeah.
1: So and, there was an ulterior motive.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then we move on. And uh, so Rolk values the regime's honesty, even if they're brutal, they've always been upfront about it. And as we just saw, he now hates his father for his lies and his weakness. So yeah. Rolk has basically become a stalker and it's like, okay. They, they the regime is like yeah go go kill people you have a bloodlust and we're going to we're going to feed that to you and the witness is capitalizing on what they're learning about Rolk, valuing honesty even if it's honesty of i'm not a good person like we're yeah. doing bad things
1: brutal honesty yeah yeah you're right
0: uh Rolk also renames his glaive from relics ward to relics bane, because now he absolutely plans on
1: killing his father. (laughs) It's kind of like dad is like, you know, you may not know why I'm doing the things now, but one day maybe you will. And he's hoping for it, but just like, you know, a lot of father's son, uh, uh, issues that you know it comes up as a trope in a lot of different movies and stories Um you know Rulk is like blinded by his own ambition I guess in a way and so he's refusing to <laughs> I always think of Star Wars I always think of like um uh, you know Vader <laughs> Vader and and how he was just being mentored by Obi-Wan and you know, there's that famous scene, you were the chosen one, you know, that kind of thing. And it, so a lot of these tropes come up where, like, you don't understand why yeah. we walk the path we walk, but I'm hoping that you will. And I'm allowing you enough rope to either climb back up this mountain or hang yourself. Mm-hmm. Because it's ultimately up to you to make the choice that, you know, writes your true destiny in life. You can only give people so much, but daddy, daddy needed to address some issues with (laughs) son, and he didn't.
0: Yeah. That entry actually ends with um, Rolk kind of uh, seeing the good that the regime offers as well. Rolk is very malleable. Uh, The city Mm -hmm. may be overcrowded. The laws may be strict. The few may have all the power, but at least we're not out there trying fruitlessly to survive. At least we're not out there scared, cold, and alone. Wondering if we'll live to see the next rise of either sun. Yeah. Uh, Rolk then tries to kill his father. And... Uh, uh, he said he he has a vision of how dare you stand before me now and confess your disloyalty to the regime? How dare you lie to me again? You may have overwhelmed me this time, escaped my grasp, but I am coming for you. I will end this. Then, um, mad, yeah, he's very un unhappy with his father, and so yeah. we're we're getting to the point. It's like really accelerating now. This is this is Rolk like the the dominoes have already been tipping over, but this is where they're about to like knock over that like row of 20, you know? Yeah. The point return they all cascade at the same time and just take out hundreds in a minute. Uh, So Rolk doesn't, it wi- doesn't wish to experience the destruction of Lubre a second time. The witness calls it one of its greatest moments. Um, And so he's, Rolk saying stop the witness is saying why and he says I don't want to do this I don't want to relive this the witness says most would die for the opportunity to retread their greatest moments and uh, Rolk says great moments end in triumph not mass extinction in the end what mattered and uh, so this is like the witness is like really trying to like solidify it's okay that you commit a mass extinction of your own people like that's fine that's a good thing in fact. And, and trying to like now twist him into, into the witness logic. And, um, so (laughs) the witness is saying things like, um, The end? No, no, we are so very far from the end. You are not ready for a taste of true glory. You may not yet be familiar with the concept of metamorphosis, but we assure you, you are experiencing it right now. You were once free to roam your little box, but lacked wings to fly out of it. And so you grew them, the little larva that you were, wrapped in a cocoon. Now, you need only to cut yourself from it, but to do so, you must leave behind that which made you weak, retaining only that which makes you strong. And Rolk is saying, like, but my world, and then seeing visions of it being shattered. And the Witness says, recreated here for you. And now Roke is getting a vision of it reformed all around him. And the Witness says, every painstaking detail. And Roke seeing the suns, the abyss, the, the regime, all of Lubre. And the Witness says, every painful memory. And Rolk is seeing his clan, his family, Kloa, clan leader, uh, Kisha, Kisa, Kisa clan mother kita sister vruna mother relic father their heads in his hands like these are all visions just like flashing yeah. by technically and this is what we said earlier the visions don't run linear these visions happen at the very end we're still kind of in the middle of where the vision timeline is supposed to be and that's why this can get confusing and the Oof. witness uh, caps it off by saying love for them made you weak power over them made you strong upon reflection you are filled with regret believing yourself to be under the spell of the regime believing your actions and their tenure to be wrong but morality oh dear rolk is subjective and now you are all that remains of Lubre. isn't it time you made the rules isn't it time you looked back upon your life with pride after all your actions brought you to us and and actually i and only we can help you emerge from your cocoon we what even are you We are your salvation, we are your judgment, and soon we will be your witness. (laughs) So, Uh, that's kind of what we heard back in Shadowkeep.
1: Yeah, the unpacking.
0: But when I was rereading it here this morning, it clicked for me. We see the witness at the end of The Witch Queen. And the witness is a singular entity, but back then and now, the witness says, we are, we are, only we can, us, you are brought to us, very plural words. Yeah. So what does that mean that the witness is?
1: I think he's just a representative of a collective. Like, he's a... um... Um, What is the word? He is a physical representation of the collective darkness. So, um... I mean, think about, like, his... Like, the imagery of the witness and all the heads coming out of his smoky brain and, you know, the the formless... The formless mass that he's been described as and mm -hmm. then, you know, just... uh, Yeah.
0: So, let me... Uh, tell you something that you might not have seen uh, uh, I think it was two weeks ago now in the Ishtar Discord someone actually said they think that the Witness is basically a homunculi formed of an entire civilization of people and that's the heads Ooh, that flowing cool. out of his head and yeah. so here's the real uh, kicker with that remember back in uh, the presage mission yeah the debuff that we would get was called
1: uh
0: Egregor. yeah a is an occult concept representing a distinct non physical entity that re- that arises from a collective group of people so
1: yeah yeah it sure is
0: it it kind of okay. flows with this idea that Though the witness is a singular entity, there are actually many entities in one. Kind yeah. of like, and I, I, I had an example, but I can't think of it now.
1: Well, the the homunculi is a kind of a good one. Um, no,
0: like an example from a media where it was like, oh, a single body hosting like Venom. There we go. There's a good one for you.
1: Oh yeah, the symbiote.
0: Yeah. Venom is not a venom. Venom is a singular entity of many entities.
1: Yeah, like too the the symbiote and the uh, host. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. I guess. Um, well, in a nutshell, I guess you could describe the hive that way too, or or even the Vex are kind of like the Vex are more like that. <laughs> the Vex are just not removed though. Like they don't have. Like they're all just one mind.
0: They're the not. The are
1: more like more. The Vex are minds.
0: not one mind.
1: But they are they are divided from one central uh, thing. Does that make sense?
0: I don't think that they
1: are. Vex, vex, vex aren't vex aren't derived of
0: v- the vex. Anyway, are, I don't the... want to go
1: down that rabbit hole. It's kind of like it's kind of like the hive have their worm and they share that 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 thing with the worm god and the worm god is at the uh, entity however the processes in the mind and the formatting doesn't all trickle down from one they're all pretty much responsible for their own um, uh existence and whether or not they can survive is up to themselves the vex are like very much just of one central mind they yeah they break off and they have sub minds and all these other massive minds that can grow and 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 you know divide themselves but at the end of the day they all come from one central origin point unlike the hive which shared their bodies with the 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 worm the worm pack and the it all trickled down from the the worm gods which them themselves were divided So the but, darkness is probably. No, um, if you so, think
0: of so yeah. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Um, is this it? Uh, the pathways lie dull against the granite. No power runs through them, not since the heart stopped beating. But the vex of the soul, divisive, have programmed themselves to worship the darkness, or somewhere still always happening. Damn it! This is gonna. <laughs> this is gonna bug me. There, are, the vex. The Vex are a collective group of individuals who are like 100% aligned in, in the betterment and the advancement of their kind. But they are still individuals because as in protective, corrective, whatever, Virgo prohibition, every, every subgroup of Vex that we know is like we don't like those guys talking about the soul divisive like they they are not a fan of the soul divisive at all
1: yeah well i would say that the this is where it gets like there's no <laughs> we could go on to the we could go on with this forever but <sighs> so my my point is the vex are like a a mathematic problem, and then you have a solution to the mathematic problem. And then you keep writing that solution to the mathematic problem until you say, oh, wait, no, that's not the solution to the mathematic problem. I got it. Let's make another solution. Okay. Now this solution is getting this far and then they're like, oh, crap, we hit a wall. That's not the solution to the mathematic problem. Now we make another solution to the mathematic problem. So all of the solutions still exist until they hit that wall of where they're just still trying to prove the problem of that original mathematic problem. However, they all stem from the same mathematic problem. And so all the vex are trying to prove their mathematic solution. And so, of course, each solution is not going to want the other solutions to exist because they think they're the end result. They think they are that finite Problem solving solution
0: I I agree with everything You're saying right there but I think what you're saying Is in favor Of my point that the Vex are Individuals and not A singular mind
1: Oh I I mean I think I think they all well sure Sure let's go with that but what I'm What I'm trying to say I guess is we're both Saying the same thing so what I'm trying to say What I'm trying to say is You're saying it differently than I am yeah. Okay. They all stem from one origin point, but yes. they all I mean, so the do humans. Code. They they sh- they all share the same code, but they're all unlike humans. They're all trying to do the same thing. Yes.
0: Yes. Absolutely. I completely agree. There. They all yeah. have. They all have that like central. Um, yeah.
1: They're directive. trying to rewrite the universe until it's a perfect, it, until it's a perfect solution. Yeah. Which but, is crazy, but.
0: I found. Uh, <laughs> <God damn. laughs> I found what I was what I was trying to find before. Um, he watches the movements of the vex. He learns to tell them apart: the shining silver ones, the brass ones with black back-swept horns, the ones with glowing eye, with eyes glowing white. Occasionally, scattered among them are pockets of vex, stained with verdigris, their arms trailing shawls of moss. All the other Vex keep away from those ones. Twice, he's seen other Vex fight the Mossy Ones. It looks like the other Vex are frightened of them as much as Vex can be. So, like, they're almost, like, at odds with Soul Divisive, is, is my point. Like, yes, they all have a, uh, a singular directive that they're all performing, but... One, one group has taken it to such a far reaching point that they're actually starting to be like, okay, maybe we don't want that directive, even if it is right. Maybe we don't want it to be.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like what, what we saw at the very beginning of everything with them worshiping the black heart.
0: Well, that's the soul divisive. That's what they were doing.
1: So that's exactly that. That's the um, manipulation and power that the darkness has over the universe to the point of even being able to subjugate vex which are very much just a yeah. you would almost see you would almost see the vex as like just you know just <laughs> indiscriminately soulless you know mechanic, mechan mach, mach, forms that just want to terraform everything into the perfect shape that is their um you know thing yeah So that's, that's what's wild about the darkness is how powerful it is to even, even the most like basic uh, vessel can be manipulated and used by the darkness to the most complex. And, you know, I mean, we as guardians are are just, I guess, the biggest um, problem for the universe to solve. (laughs) <laughs>
0: Guardians are anyway. fucking and I, I love that I feel like the only reason why Guardians are such a problem is because Guardians are directly mirrored of the player base so that they, yeah. they have such a, like a detached sense of reality because yeah. of that because Bungie's leaned into it you know they're like no but the Guardians are actually the players and <laughs> because of that they're just like so twisted and it's <laughs> if, if they were writing a completely scripted on-rail story and ignored us as as a as a player in the game, guardians yeah. would probably be more noble and 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 good. But yeah. we suck, so the guardians also kind of <laughs> suck.
1: You know, maybe they learned that from their past games because they their past games were very much like there was the protagonist, and yeah. you stepped into. The, the protagonist and, and you got to ride that that wave of this is the hero going through mm-hmm. the story. You know?
0: This is a um the game influences us, we influence the game. It's like a back and, and forth yes, thing. Yes,
1: yes. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah. Because so so I so like here we are. Rolk <laughs> I' trying to i'm trying to I'm trying to kind of get a concept out of this whole thing with Rolk, so like here we are okay, so we got fifteen minutes, so here we are with Rolk,
0: yeah, we got a few more entries,
1: yeah, so maybe i maybe I'll just wait go ahead
0: okay, 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 so we're in uh the entry tainted, and uh so this one's really interesting because this one goes back even further in the past with its visions um the witness says your father he feared your anger he feared you and Roke says because i he knew what i could become he knew what burdens flowed through my veins he felt them he too felt them live them and he sees the vision i am a boy my father skewers three stalkers in front of me his eyes are crimson his sharpened teeth bared as he moves to bite their heads off And then speaking to the witness again, for a time, my father embodied what I felt inside. I looked up to him, believed I could confide in him. He felt a bloodlust and despised the regime. But as they did with me, the others began to see him as a liability. So he softened and softened until, in my opinion, he degraded to the Librain equivalent of fetid rot. And (laughs) then he once again shoots forward into the future with his vision. I stare into the face of my father, his severed, shattered head held in my hand, dripping with what once stayed within. This has not happened yet. in the linear visions that we have seen so far, this is after the linear visions, a lot of back and forths with, with these for like context. And, uh, so Rolk is trying to meet that end. He is hunting down his father and, uh, they left in a hurry, all who uh he finds evidence of his father in um his clan's most recent hide space, but it's devoid of active life, as as were the rest, but filled with tokens, trinkets, heirlooms. They left in a hurry, all who remained, and I know where desperation takes them, the same place it took me, the abyss. Yeah. And so as as I said earlier, with um uh the Big banner image. You kind of, you can kind of see. At least I think that's what it's supposed to be—a uh, representation of the abyss going through what Lubre would be.
1: Oh, it absolutely it's, is. Yeah, one hundred percent is a representation of this whole thing.
0: Yeah, and it's also actually a, a pretty uh, interesting nod to the raid itself because that first encounter is a you have a dark side and you have a light side, as if you have the saphiric sun and the umbral sun. You have a dark and a light. You don't have you know, it it's interesting. Um Yeah.
1: You know, and this and this whole this whole um this whole struggle with Rolkin and his dad, it's kind of like it's almost like um what do they say when the children suffer the bad things their parents do, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, the sins of the father? That's what it is, um, which is
0: also a uh, a weapon this
1: season, but unrelated yeah. to Rolk. Yeah. Father's sins.
0: No, I'm pretty sure it's sins of the father.
1: Is it? Sin- I thought it was father's sins. Oh,
0: maybe yeah. Same mind. thing. Same thing. I mean, it is.
1: But Yeah. So, like, it, it's kind of like this burden that he is um, he is holding because of daddy yeah
0: and and so he's hunting down his dad he goes to the abyss it's it's this big artificial crack in lubre separating the desired from the undesired a crevice devoid of all but a strand of concrete to connect the halves and so he gets there he finds his father and not only his father, but he finds his mother, his sister, the the survivors of his clan. And they're all saying, Oh, we're so sorry for exiling you. And his father apologizes for everything. And for the furious yeah. example he set and for his inaction, and he just yeah. wants everyone to be happy and comfortable. And, and they're just all, they're all trying to, to make him not kill them. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, exactly know what happens but he says and perhaps my tumble into the abyssal chasm is the result of my overwhelming catharsis or perhaps it is the cause of naivety their faces grow smaller as i plunge deeper but i can still make out their expressions no longer do any of them the adults the children no longer do they show regret or pain or sorrow their faces show relief so instead of killing them whether they pushed him whether he stumbled whether he just couldn't take it anymore and tried to end his own life. He fell backwards into the abyss, looking up at his family as he fell deeper
1: and deeper down. So this is where, this is where, um, like prose and words kind of leave it up to you to decide what, um, specifically is happening in this. Is this, is this more? Yeah. Yeah. So is this more like, um, his descent into the darkness and him seeing himself no longer in control of himself basically, and being, being absorbed by the witness in the darkness and his hands that were very much responsible for all of this destruction and, and demise are now he's kind of like, he's retreating into the back of his mind, almost like a scene of you being in in charge of everything. And now you're just blacking out. Right. And you're becoming, What the witness wanted you to become. So this descent into the abyss is very representative of his descent into the new form that he is, the Rolk that we see today, the the baddie bad guy.
0: And uh, that's actually like cemented in the first couple lines here where Rolk says, I should have died and the witness says, and yet it was there in the darkness of the abyss that you became truly alive. And so this is where the witness actually steps in in the past. So uh, in his vision, I lie amongst the swamp of and rock and ruin. The abyss is not unending after all. The wrathful sounds of unchecked nature draw close. Down here it is dark, and in the dark they thrive. I am broken. And then the witness comes in, and now you are unbroken. And Rolgan <laughs> says... <laughs> I am unbroken. I see your luster, disarming the beasts who dared to approach, their flesh melting in your presence. And the witness says, and we see yours. I rise, broken and then unbroken. What is this thing that grants life? We are opportunity, and I am ruin. And what am I meant to do? Ruin. Your voice subsides, but your luster remains. It is a familiar one, like that of our umbral son. And, yeah. uh... So this kind of seems a little odd for the witness, but they basically saved him from dying.
1: Like, so I know this he is didn't... where So this is where I was trying to and I'm glad that I waited because this is where I was trying to make a point. And so I guess the point the best analogy I can use right now would be the witness saw a blade and mm-hmm. he wanted to temper that blade and make it as sharp and strong as he could possibly uh, make it. And that is rock. And he is going to use that blade as a weapon. He's weaponizing. rock. Yeah. But he saw a weapon in its generic form and thought, this is not good enough. I've got to hone this blade and make it strong so that when I wield it against my ultimate foe, it does not break or it does not, you know, it does not cut basically. And so Rolk is that, that weapon. Um, And Rolk finds his true purpose, which was his base purpose all along, which was the sins of the father. Mm -hmm. He was created out of this hatred towards, you know, aligning with the umbral son. He was uh, created out of this hatred for the opposite of of his people. And he now feels at home. He now feels safe back where he was as a child with this driven purpose of fuck everything. I choose to exist.
0: Everything else is Annihilation. And everything else is an Annihilation. Because yeah. Rolk, uh, and actually, I'm going to touch on this again, but the Darkness uh, fixes, his, his Glaive was broken too, and the, and the Witness yeah. fixes it. And we'll, we'll try to jump back at that at the very end. We'll just finish out this class entry. So Rolk takes his Glaive, and he uses it to climb up the wall, Glaive, hand, Glaive, hand, Glaive, hand, is like spearing it into the wall. And he climbs back up into the city of Lubre, which is also the name of the planet. Don't be confused. And he starts <laughs> slaughtering his family. And when the city, when the civilians are are watching in horror, he starts slaughtering them too. And then the city starts to turn on him. They send they send their own defenses at him. And so Rolk is just like given into it, right? He's, he, they're, they're it's killing
1: with, he's, with, full, he's full blown Rolk.
0: Yeah, like this is this is this is what, as you said, the darkness, the witness wanted. It it sharpened this blade, and it is now cutting through everything. Yeah. And it turns out that the city, the regime, was actually siphoning light from the spheric sun, and that was like how they got everything. (laughs) Yeah. Which doesn't sound like a good idea, and it very quickly is. Is learned not to be a good idea Because Rolk basically Uses that technology against them He he, uh, It says their folly was their intended salvation Siphoning light from the sapphiric sun Itself I use your luster Turn their technology against them Like a backfired pistol And yep. that causes the sun To Im- implode Yeah <laughs> Which just there it is. kills everybody Except for him yeah. And uh he, he's staring into the abyss and he, he 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 uh he drops his 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 glaive which he renamed for a second time now or third time to Lubre's ruin, which you might recognize is the glaive you get from the raid. It's also his glaive that he uses against you and it except his is much bigger. I don't know why it shrinks for you, but it does.
1: Mm, who knows? Um, it's a very more cool like
0: a representation, aglave, <laughs> and he yeah,
1: says, it is cool. like the double the, double sides of the, yeah. the Anyway,
0: yeah, and he says, uh, uh, "I let myself fall in, and then I, I, and then I am here with you, my witness." And now he's like caught up to the present day. And the witness says, uh, "And what do you feel, devoid of family, devoid of of the regime, devoid of Lubre? What do you feel here in our embrace?" Now that they are gone and you are left, Rolk opens his eyes, crawls forth toward the blackened solution that engulf him all this time, emerges, emerges from the wall of obsidian-like miasma to find his luster, to find lubre's ruin. Taking them, he rises to his feet. What do you feel, my child? Relief. So, the witness... <laughs> this is. This might not be the Witness's first disciple, but it's the first one that we, I mean, obviously it's the first one that we know, because he is the first disciple that yeah. we know, but, like, this is, this has taken place so long ago that it's even before the Hive. So, right. he he's potentially the first, the first disciple. <sighs> And so, like I said, really quick, I wanted I wanted to squeeze this in here at the end. I, I think we talked about it last week about how the relic on Mars, which is a an artifact of darkness, has been used to kind of like rewind time, and potentially it could it could be like the third energy, being like a temporal yeah. power. So Rolk fell into this abyss. He should have died, and he was broken. And the witness basically just says, "And now you are unbroken." And then he looks over at his glaive and he's like, my glaive is broken. And the witness is like, now your glaive is unbroken. It just, it feel, it really feels like they're trying to build up that the darkness has this kind of like time power. And
1: I, I don't know. Sure. I mean, it makes sense to me,
0: but yeah, rereading. I'm really glad that we did this book because rereading it, learning how to read it properly and um oh. yeah it's just it this is such a good book the raid was so great i'm so excited about it having there was so much lore about this raid we don't normally get yeah. it like this you know and this is only half of what we have because next week on our next episode on the 27th march 27th we're going to be talking about the raid armor because each armor has its own set of lore so that's 15 more entries Can't
1: wait to dive into that that's gonna be yeah. fun
0: and then after the raid armor, you also have the imperious sun shell and the collective obligation lore entries. Yep. If you're looking for the reading order of all of this, you start with shattered sun and then you move on to the hunter armor set, going from helmet, gloves, chest piece, boots, class item, just like it is on your character. And then, uh, so hunter, titan, warlock, ghost shell, collective obligation that is the chronological in order reading if nice. you can't wait <laughs> nice. that's going to be it for us this week
1: yeah it oh, oh, was a I, great one though
0: yeah no i was i was really excited for this one like when i when i was making writing up these notes i was just like okay this 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 needs to be two episodes there's too much here i i thought <laughs> i i can't believe for half a second i thought that we were actually going to be able to squeeze it all in one <sighs>
1: Well, there we are. We did Damn. it. We did it. Uh,
0: thank you for watching, and thank you for listening. If you came in, Lee, etc., blah, 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 you want to find out more about us, you can go to at Loose Cannon Show on Twitter. The show will be put out in an audio format, uploaded onto YouTube uh, shortly later today. It'll, um... <laughs> I mean, that's, that's basically it. You know the gist by now. <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> not exactly two episodes Someone just said two episodes in chat We're not doing back to back episodes We're doing another episode in two weeks Just like normal yep. it's, it's still only one episode So sorry about that But um, we, we will there be continuing this awesome Rolk talk And holy shit Like not just Rolk But the worm gods are going to be touched in here Like that's, that's, a, that's a big one for me that's a, that's a big holy shit for me Big stuff All right. That's it for Uh, us. Bye, everybody.